You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Today's episode is one that I'm very excited about because I'm interviewing the one, the only, Amy West. Now, that name might be familiar to you, and that's because last week in episode one, she actually interviewed me. And on top of that, she's actually going to be doing a few other episodes throughout this first season of the Creating a Brand podcast, which I'm very excited about. She has access to some great guests that she was willing to share with us. So thank you for that, Amy. But I also wanted to interview her because she's an extremely accomplished travel influencer slash expert. She's been featured on Fox, Cheddar News, and in many different publications as well. She's also the CEO of a company called The Hive Society, which is an influencer network. And in my mind, they really are redefining the meaning behind influencer marketing and what it can do for brands. So she really understands the whole topic of branding and actually being the brand ourselves, which is a topic that I knew very little about, if I'm going to be completely transparent here. When we were doing this interview, I was like, what does that even mean? We're the brand. I've always been the guy that's had the two completely separate. I've got me and I've got my brand and there's no connection between the two, which has always been kind of wrong thinking. And Amy really goes deep into that topic in today's episode. So I'm excited for her to be able to share that with you. So let's not wait any longer. Here is my interview with Amy West. Amy West, thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, so before we get started with most of our guests, we're actually going to kind of talk about them a little bit, but I would like you to share your journey, your life, what has brought you to this moment here doing this podcast episode with me. Oh, it's so exciting. Um, The word journey has been a pretty important one throughout my life. I had a business called Journey Photography. Um, Travel has been my obsession since I was a child. And uh, for me, the journey means a lot of things. It's not just about travel, but it's about the growth that we experience along our journey and the story that goes into it. I have a very non-traditional story. I was homeschooled 7th through 12th grade. My parents were divorced and lived in separate states. And I became passionate about travel because my dad worked for Delta and I would fly back and forth between here and Ohio. So that was was a very beginning of my journey with travel. So Ohio was the destination. That is correct. My dad is a cattle farmer. So that's another little fun nugget is I'm, I'm a farm girl, but I ended up on the East Coast in Florida. My mom relocated here for business. And she started a business when I was 16. It was a spa and I helped her manage that. And I began my career on camera with her. I started as the face of her business. So I was in her print campaigns, her radio campaigns, her commercials, and really loved it. I always wanted to be in front of the camera. But when you're homeschooled, you don't have a lot of opportunities for that. Not as many as most people, for sure. (laughs) No, no. My time uh, spent entertaining was mostly in the mirror with my hairbrush. Okay. Yeah. Good audience, Uh, right? Yeah, definitely. So out of that experience, I slowly but surely got into modeling and commercial acting. I did a lot of bridal. um, And then I started doing local commercials and just slowly started building that skill set. I focused a lot on hosting because when I was early married, The only roles that young girls are getting are like girlfriends and wives. And my husband was a little, Mm -hmm. he was a little possessive at the time. And so he was like, I don't want you kissing these weird actors. So I was like, okay, I'll be a professional host. that, That was kind of directed my career in that way. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed being a host. So we eventually started our own photography company. 
And we did that for 10 years. It was called Journey Photography. We did headshots. We did editorial for magazines. We did family portraits, a lot of family portraits. Um, that's a popular one, right? Yeah, it was a good moneymaker. And we did not do weddings. Um, that's that's nice, right? That's, yeah. No weekends? Please, no weddings. No, just no bridezillas, please. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So we got out of um, commercial photography when we started having, or we got into commercial photography after we had our second daughter, we kind of pulled away from the portrait and um, started to take on some bigger clients. At the time, I started my TV show, Like, Love, Want, Need, which was a luxury travel and lifestyle show based here in North Florida. And I had always wanted to travel and get paid for it. That's really been my life goal Mm -hmm. from the beginning. And after waiting around for someone to create a TV show for me, I realized at close to 30 that nobody was going to do that. Nobody's handing out luxury travel shows. Right. Let me just tell you guys that right now. So That's a, that's a good uh, good side note there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my best friend, who is now a published children's book author, at the time we were both just struggling to find our way and we were young mothers, she said, why don't you just do it yourself? And I said... There's an idea, right? Right. I was like, what? Create a TV show? I don't know how to do that. And she's like, you could do it. And just having the right cheerleader in my corner telling me that I could do something helped me believe in myself even more. And so I pulled on all my relational rent of all the relationships that I'd made along the way doing acting and modeling, Mm -hmm. and we created a TV show. And yeah, it was beautiful. We did a, a whole season. There were lots of ups and downs, lots of mistakes made. You can imagine for a person oh, I'm sure, yeah. who had no idea how to create a TV show. Right. Um, I was definitely pleased with the outcome. Uh, but we decided after a season to pull it down because at the time, this was 2012, the face of media was beginning to change. Yeah, that's when social media really started taking off, right? Yep. Yeah. And people were no longer, even though we were in prime time on a Saturday night at 8.30, people wanted to stream their TV. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to have to tune in, and we were not streaming. So we decided, you know, this is too expensive. People are not watching at this time. They really want to watch on their terms. What can we do? And my husband said, you should start a blog. And I was like, ah, it's so much work. You'd heard that before, right? <laughs> I was like, a blog. Man, that just sounds like a lot of work. And it was, but he was right. It took about six months after transitioning our brand into a blog to really understand how to monetize it and make money off of it and find mm-hmm. my voice in that in that arena. But after that, it took a you lot six of months. I'm sorry, it took you six months? Six months to figure out wow. like it took me about four years to find my voice on a blog. But that's, <laughs> well, that's great. Good job. I'm not saying it was a major We're not all Amy we're... West. <laughs> so don't expect it to be that quick everybody. Well let's yeah you got all the the SEO expertise. That's where I lack. Okay. But right. I do know how to start a brand from really beautiful aesthetic from the outside and to have a voice. So this gotcha. is this is where we're the dynamic duo. Okay. Okay? Continue, sorry. So yeah, so started the blog and I started having opportunities to get in front of the media because I knew how to talk on camera, having been a host and a commercial actress. Uh, Some friends of mine from the local media stations had actually brought me on to do a segment about photography, how to look good in holiday photos, just tips. And they loved it so much that they asked me, if you have anything else you want to share, come on. And I said, yeah, I want to talk about travel. Oh, that's great. I want to talk about stuff on my blog. Good opportunity right there, right? (laughs) Yes. So I transitioned everything that I was doing with my blog into five minute TV segments with the hopes that one day I could be on, I don't know, 
the Today Show, Good Morning America. At the times, those were like my big goals. Mm -hmm. Well, this past year was a big full circle because after all of those years, I finally have gotten on Fox Business and Cheddar Big News talking about all that. But it all started with just getting on these local news stations and just sharing what I had to talk about. And I did that for four, five years. I mean, and it's all free, you know, so it was all labor of love and just hustling. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, with the blogging over the years, you had social media that would help you promote your blog. And then in 2017, all of that kind of flipped over. Right. And now it was the social media that was more important than just your blog. And blogs, of course, are you're your home base. They're never going to go away. But social media became so important and influencing really became dominant that that became the priority. And then out of that, I got a few of my creatives together and we said, hey, you know, let's share notes. Let's talk. Let's create a community. Let's not be alone in this together anymore. There's so many more people. We can really learn from each other. So we created North Florida Influencers. And uh, I think you're up to speed. That's where we're at today. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Share a little bit about North Florida Influencers real quick. North Florida Influencers is a local community uh, full of creatives. You know, the word influencer will come and go out of trend, but these are all just digital creatives, either Instagram, Facebook. I guess there's still some people doing some stuff on Facebook. I I still like Facebook. It's a little less popular now. A little bit, yeah. You know, Instagram is, is the main outlet that most of them are using at this time. But YouTube, we have a lot of YouTubers and they're growing, but it's a regional community uh, anywhere from South Georgia to mid-Florida, and hopefully we will be expanding very soon. And we have nearly 200 influencers at this time with 2 million combined followers, and it's... Oh, wow, that's, a, that's amazing. Yeah, it's kind of our unofficial motto that together we have the most influence yeah. because, you know, it's one thing to say, oh, I have 17,000 followers, but it's another thing to say, I have access to a community that has 2 million followers. Oh, yeah, much different. Yeah. yeah. And we are really trying to educate local businesses who are a little slower to making those changes, whereas a lot of national brands have caught on to influencer marketing. We're trying to promote local and trying to educate them on how they can use influencers as advocates for their business as well. That's great, because 2019... Micro-influencers are supposed to be, they're kind of the big thing right now. So it's great that you're doing that, helping these smaller businesses. They're still maybe focused on more of an old school marketing strategy. Yes. You're able to go in there and really show them, hey, I've got these people here that would really be able to help grow your brand exponentially quicker than what you're doing right now. Absolutely. I think I was just, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were going into a marketing position at a local business and they said, they really need to talk to you because they're still into the newspaper and no shade towards the newspaper. I've been a part of print throughout my life, but I was like, ooh, okay. Uh, Because the beauty of influencers is that they're reaching people right where they are, which is on their phones. We Mm -hmm. are all on our phones all the time. And so I think it's remiss for local businesses to miss out on reaching the the audience where they're at. It was the whole reason I took my show down and turned it into a blog because- Yeah, very smart to do that. yeah, Yeah, the audience just wasn't there anymore. So I think that's a huge thing with branding is- finding your audience and meeting them where they're at. And so, you know, if you took 10 influencers that had 10,000 followers and had weekly impressions of, you know, 60,000 each, you do the math, I think they can reach a lot more people than just a simple ad in the paper. So it's maybe not something that completely replaces that type of marketing, but man, you should certainly be, you know, incorporating it into your plan. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny you're mentioning traditional newspaper. Again, nothing against that at all. 
it was last year, so 2018, I was in an article and I thought it was just online. Turns out they also put it in the newspaper, which I had no idea. Okay. And I would have never known, but my granddad called me. <gasps> there so you go. He called me. He goes, Alex, you're in the paper. I was like, what does that even mean? You know, <laughs> The paper. I, I know. I was like, what are you talking about in the paper? And he, uh, he had actually framed it. And uh, showed, he, was, he was proud, you know, it was about side hustling and creating side hustles in, in our local city. And yes. uh, he was excited about it. But it's funny, you mentioned newspaper and that's always my uh, my thought. I'm like, I might have made it the very end of newspaper being a thing, right? Right. One of the last guys in, fourth quarter. There so, you go. Hey, you got in there though. Right. Grandpa saw it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I wanted you to share your whole story like that because first off, it's inspirational. I'll say that it's inspirational. But Thank something you. that you've said since the first time I think I met you, you've talked about how you are the brand. You've talked about how you are your own brand. And I'd love for you to elaborate on that a little bit. What does that mean to you exactly? Yeah. When I was getting started with my TV show, I reached out to a few different producers as I was doing my research and development, tossing around names and and ideas for shows. And one of the things that really stuck with me from a person that I, I deeply respect He's now a professional Comic-Con actor. His name's Kevin Porter. And I don't he even is, know what that means. He is Batman. Okay. All and, right. <laughs> but he's been an actor. He was in Dodgeball. I mean, he's, he's been acting okay, for years. Okay, very so cool. So I, I really respected where he was coming from. And mm-hmm. he said, if you're going to do this show, you need to make it about you. And I thought, oh, I'm humble. It doesn't need to be all about me. That's, that's our first thought, right? <laughs> right. I was like, oh, me? He was like, it needs to be about you. He's like, look. Every idea that's out there has probably been done before. The only thing that you're doing that cannot be duplicated is you. That's good advice. Say that again. Yeah. The only thing that cannot be duplicated is you. And I've really taken that, you know, to heart over the years is that they are... Very few original ideas. I'm not going to say none because somebody will surprise me with something I've never heard before. There are few original ideas, but there are original people mm-hmm. putting an original spin on it because of who they are. And at the time, and I think this is something particularly as an actor that I struggled with, just the nature of who I was, is that I, I was quite a chameleon. I just blend into whatever, whatever environment I need to. So, Which can be good and bad, though, right? Yeah, it, it makes you more relatable to people. You're good at listening to them. I could even mimic a accent or the way that people talk. So at the time, it was quite a chameleon. So the understanding how to create myself as a brand and identify, you know, who I was was a challenge because, I don't know, when you're young, you don't always know who you are. You're just trying to figure yourself right. out. Oh, yeah. So what I did was create a brand out of what I wanted people to see, which was a good start, but I've learned a lot since then. But uh, I I created the show and I wanted it to be this kind of jet-setting, fabulous lifestyle, not lifestyles of the rich and famous, but more like a Bond girl, you know, jet-setting wherever, you know, wherever she pleases and, you know, all these things, which was really fun. I had the whole entourage, makeup artist, stylist, the whole thing. Now I look back at it and I'm like, oh, it's so ridiculous. Um, Do you feel like you knew who you were at that point as a person? I think I was going through a little bit of an identity conflict because I had just had a child. I had come out of the lifestyle of being a model and trying to be fabulous and knowing where I wanted to go in the entertainment world, but not really understanding how to get there, feeling like I had to be a mom, but identifying myself as so much more... And so 
I mean, you've heard the concept, like, fake it till you make it. I think I was just trying to be the thing I thought I should be or wanted to be. I, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but I guess I thought people would think it was interesting to watch this fabulous lady uh, jet-setting around the world. And we got good response and engagement, but looking back, I think it was not as authentic. It wasn't an authentic version of me. It was a side of me I really like, but it wasn't the real me. And the more and more I've opened up over the years and been the real me, the more engagement that I've gotten and the more appreciation that I've gotten from my audience. But when it comes to creating yourself as a brand, it is you, but it's also an elevated version of you, I think, because a brand requires cohesiveness, professionalism, and a lot of things. When you go to your work, you're a professional, and you come home and you're relaxed. When you become a brand, when you are out and about, you're on brand. It's like I I relate it to a music artist. You know, when someone who's a singer becomes an artist... They dress and look different than they ever did. Right. They change their hair. They embody their art form. You know, they project what they want their audience to see. You know, so I, at the time, related it to that, is I become an artist in my own right. Creating a brand is somewhat of an art. And so that's what I tried to be was there's Amy West when I'm on and I'm on brand and those things are all still me. Mm-hmm. But there's also Amy who's a mom at home scrubbing her floors, you know, cleaning up after her kids. Right. That's not Amy on brand. Right. So there are still two sides of me, but I try to show as much of my authentic self and open up and share things that I struggle with and be real with people. And I think that's what they appreciate while also appreciating the aesthetics of what my brand represents. And I think you've done a really good job at that because your social media in particular, and I'll talk about Instagram because we already mentioned that, you're very transparent on it and you have great engagement. People see both sides, which again, it's the same person. It's not you trying to pretend to be, you're not trying to be a Bond girl or anything like that, you know? (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) Yeah. No, but you're yourself, but we can, I can tell when it's the, the one that's out there furthering the brand and then when it's, it's the Amy that's the mom. You know, I can see both on there. And I think that people really appreciate that. And again, your engagement is fantastic. People clearly like to see that because, you know, again, us focusing on our brand, that's what everyone sees. They also want to know that we're human as well. Yeah. I think sometimes it's hard for people to see that when they just are always seeing just the most professional version of you, which again is you. But when they're just seeing that over and over again, they're like, does this person, do they rest? Mm -hmm. You know, like what, do they struggle with anything in life? I think when you show that, it opens a level of vulnerability that people were able to see, and then they can actually relate that to to themselves. Yep. So they see it, and they're like, wow, well, Amy's amazing, but she also is cleaning her floors or right. taking care of her kid who's sick. Mm-hmm. You know, and people are like, I, I do those things as well. Yeah, right? and, and if the point is to inspire people, you know, if they just see something perfect from the outside, they're going to not relate. They're going to say... I can't do all those things. I'm not perfect like that person. Well, nobody is perfect. And it took me a long time to embrace the idea of not having to look perfect or be perfect for people. And I don't know if that is me being a product of my generation because we grew up with the glossy Photoshop magazines and everything was about being on point. And slowly over the years, and I'm glad for this, it's so become not about that in a world that's more about body positivity and You know, sometimes it goes to an extreme and then people talk about entitled millennials. But in a world where now people feel comfortable with being themselves, 
it has taken me time to be okay with stripping it all down and just being myself. Mm-hmm. And man, it feels good. And it also helps so many more people. And if I if I know that I'm connecting with people and helping them, then I feel like I'm being successful at what I'm doing. If I can inspire them to see the world through different eyes or give them the courage and be their cheerleader to pursue something that they never thought they could do, like my cheerleaders did for me, then that's a good day for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that like you're mentioning, both sides of this are very important. The professional side is what they, what people want to inspire, inspire to be. That's what mm-hmm. they're looking at. But when you show the real version of yourself, that's what encourages them and says, okay, I can do this too. I think that's just a great, great way you've shown people how to kind of brand themselves, as you're saying here. The number of people creating brands is increasing more rapidly than ever before. Whether it's a personal brand, product, or service, more entrepreneurs are getting started today than any other time in history. Although these are exciting times, there is a problem. The problem is that most people don't know where to begin. And as a result, they end up wasting a lot of time and money on products and services that they just don't need. Wouldn't it be great to have a guide to help you save time and money instead of wasting it? Well, there is a solution for you. It's called the Creating a Brand Community. The Creating a Brand Community is your digital mastermind or tribe. It's a network full of entrepreneurs devoted to helping each other succeed. We all help each other by sharing our experiences, recommendations, and discoveries along the way. As we like to say it, our goal is community collaboration focused on helping your brand succeed. The Creating a Brand community operates on our own social media platform. That's right, it's not another Facebook group. Our desktop site and mobile app feature online courses, focus groups, and topical discussion, along with live digital events and in-person events and exclusive content, all focused around the development and success of your brand. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in, please join at creatingabrand.com. It takes less than three minutes to get set up and become part of this community of successful entrepreneurs. When you join, please message me within the community, Alex Sanfilippo. I'd love to have a conversation with you and welcome you to our community. I have actually have a few questions that I know that people want to to get answers to, myself included. So okay. this is kind of a coaching session for me, but um, okay. <laughs> also for other people, I believe. So I want to get through a few of these questions here. And um, the first one is, and this is this one's actually for me personally, all right? Okay. Uh, why is it not enough just to let our brand be the brand and we just kind of take a back seat? Why is that not enough? Yeah. I think in these days, people are, are so used to being sold. So they look at a brand or a business or a product and they're like, well, that's great, but they want more. You know, we're tired of, you know, big ads that just portray something that's not real. They want another story. What inspired you to create this product? Who is behind this? Are you just selling me a bag of goods or are you the real deal? And so I think it's important for business owners to know that they are also the brand it's the brand behind the brand, right? Because people want to see deeper and get to know the story. And uh, I learned this actually last year. I went on a media tour and I won't mention the product, but we were going to see a product and it was a relatively new product. And they were very eager to tell us the story behind the product. Which can be a good thing, right? Yeah. It was a very romantic story. Okay. But none of us are fools. We could tell that it was just a story. That it wasn't real. Oh, really? It was just wasn't a product. It was not. It was just a product that someone created, and it was a good product. But there was no real story to tell about it. And they that's what they had us there. They were there. They said, we want you to write this story about this. And there was no real story. It was just a 
it was a fairy tale about how they created this product. And there was no one person that could represent it that had been there from the start. And it was just not inspiring whatsoever. So not to say that a product that's just a product can't succeed, but saying if you are someone who's coming to the table saying, I have this really great idea for this awesome product, it's going to change the world, but you're not willing to step up and tell your story that led you there, like if you're too insecure, it could hold back the success of your product and of your brand. Because these days, people want the whole story. Right. Yeah. And you're, uh, you're really talking about kind of going to my next question, which is about identity. And Mm -hmm. you have to define that. Yeah. It's important, you know, to understand who you are, but what you're not. When I was doing my TV show, someone, a good friend of mine who also has a TV show said to me, um, well, what are you going to do on your TV show? And more importantly, what won't you do? Are you going to do product reviews? Are you going to be a critic? Are you going to, what things are you going to cover and are you not going to cover? And so identifying all those things as your brand within your brand identity is super important as well as what you want people to see and what the public would accept. So, you know, for instance, if you are a more natural, you know, hippie style person, but you're trying to create briefcases you know, that might not be a very cohesive Mm -hmm. brand, right? Because maybe general businessmen won't accept briefcases from someone who doesn't seem to embody that product. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just meeting the people where they're at and understanding, you know, how to embody that brand. Yeah, that's that's good. Now, for for me personally, I'm going to share a little bit of my story. Um, Yeah. A couple years ago, I had started just coaching. I was doing business coaching. I decided to use my name. I'm like, why not? Because I, I, I believe in this whole brand identity thing, right? Yeah. But I never showed anybody any portion of me. Mm-hmm. So it was alexsanfilippo.com, and it was set up very professionally, but I never talked about it on any of my social media. I never really talked about it outside of actually doing coaching. And yeah, I had clients and things like that, but it, it wasn't sustainable, I'd say. But I disconnected my personal identity from my professional identity completely. I wasn't any different. But I just didn't want to spend a lot of time on social media talking about coaching and things like that, which I believe was actually a mistake on my part at this point. Mm. And um, yeah, so this was a tough point for me to understand. Wow. That, yeah, that you're sharing here. I mean, because, I, you know, I just didn't really know how to do that necessarily. Yeah. And it's sometimes hard because especially if you're a private person or depending on what generation you grew up in. I mean, my sisters who are 16 years younger than me share everything on social media. Maybe a little too much. Too much. Yes, in my opinion. But that's how they grew up. And it's kind of what that generation expects. If you're not sharing everything, you're not being real. But our generation grew up still respecting privacy, still understanding there are certain family things you don't share online. You don't want to talk about a health crisis with the world. You know, so we tend to be a little more guarded and only showing the most poised and professional sides of ourselves. So it is. It is, is that okay? Is it okay? Are we still reaching that next generation? I think if you're selective with the more authentic sides of yourself, should just show them enough. You know, you don't have to show right. everything. There's still a lot of things that I keep private about my children, or if they say, "Don't put this on social media," I don't. So I, I do think that there are important boundaries that we should establish. You know, every celebrity out there talks about the importance of their private life. So mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you have to share everything, but it does mean tapping into an authentic place. Here's another personal story. 
not related to branding, but just for myself is I love to sing. I used to want to be a singer all the time. But when I would sing, I used to sing in a youth group and stuff at church. I would get so nervous. And it was because it requires vulnerability to effectively be a singer. Hmm. It doesn't mean you're sharing your whole life story, but you open up to a part of yourself that you can't fake. You have to be real. And um, as a result, my stage fright was so severe, I never became a singer. As an actor, I was more successful because I could just put on whatever persona I wanted to be. But now I've had to confront those feelings of vulnerability yet again. uh, Now that that is so important in the social media world. And again, not saying you have to lay everything out there, but just saying you can't be a fortress of solitude either. It can't be all you know, plaster and paint it, you have to break down at some points and really show people I'm real, just like you, and you can do this too. Yeah, that's good. Do you think that people should all be sharing on all social media platforms? Or do you think there's one they should kind of share their journey in life on? I mean, I know Instagram right now is kind of the big one. The whole Mm -hmm. world talks about it more than any other. Is that where people should be focused, like spending their time if they are going to be on social media? Depending on who you are and what your goal outcome is, I think Instagram is certainly leading the way, but you know Twitter's still huge. Right. Um, I'm. I've only ever dabbled in Twitter, but I probably should have focused on it more because now that I have segued into more national news outlets, that's like the main platform that they use. They don't. They okay. couldn't care less about Instagram. Right. So I couldn't say across the board Instagram's all you should care about. Also, you know YouTube is still making great strides. Oh yeah, second biggest search engine in the world. In yeah, exactly. And again, I've I've only ever dabbled in YouTube, but I think those that are really just starting their brands out should not ignore YouTube, should not ignore Instagram, and depending on what your voice is and what you have to say, Twitter is still very important. Yeah, and I think it the main thing is knowing knowing your audience, right? Where mm-hmm. where are your people at? You know, are they focused on Instagram, Facebook, where are they at? And I've learned a lot of this from you. But it's important to share a little bit and be vulnerable. Again, I, I disconnected my brand, which was my name, from myself. And that was not a not a great idea. Mm. It didn't didn't go well for me. I earned clients from speaking engagements, never from social media. I don't think I ever got a single client through social media because I never really tried to do that. But it's because I wasn't sharing my life. They didn't know my journey. They had no idea who I really was other than this guy's a great coach. Yeah. And that's what people kind of noticed about me. And that was it. But I never really shared anything about that. Mm. That is important. You know, it's, it's interesting, too, though, because I've heard... The exact opposite of what I'm saying. I went and trained with a hosting coach who also helps brand entertainers. And she actually encouraged people, if you have a brand, don't put your name on it because, well, in her mind, it's not scalable. So there's an important point there is if you had a brand that you associated with your name, but you hope down the road that you would be so busy you don't have to have hands on it all the time or you want other people working for you, well, it's a lot harder to have five writers writing for your blog that's named after you Mm -hmm. um so there is there is a factor in you know being a part of your brand but also being careful if you do name the brand after yourself which right i named mine after myself so (laughs) you know and actually i think back to um a lot of people have heard of neil patel he's a marketing guru and he's an seo expert first page of google and anything he wants to be on that's Mm -hmm. just the way he is but neil patel his company is called neilpatel.com and uh he 
posted a very transparent blog post about how if he could go back, he would not have done that. Mm -hmm. He said it's easier to scale at the beginning, but it's harder to grow long term because it's you. It's not a company. So he said if he sells it, they're still going to call it Neil Patel, right? But it's not him anymore. Right. So he just, just that whole identity, it's an identity crisis that you create in that moment. Yeah. You Uh, have to be committed for the long term. Right. You know, whereas... I think you can still, the brand can still be about you, but maybe not have your name on it. Right. Absolutely. And I think it just depends on what you're going for. And I've seen some companies where the CEO has a very big social presence that's connected to the social presence of the brand itself. Mm -hmm. So they have two accounts. One is the actual brand with the brand name and then the, the CEO. And people tend to actually follow, especially in the beginning stages, they'll follow the CEO a lot more. I can think of a recent example of this where the, uh, the CEO of the company, he had a lot of influence. People were following him a lot. But then over time, now his brand is far more popular than he is. But the foundation was set by what he did himself. Right. Yeah. And there's an interesting an interesting segue there as well is, you know, if I had named my brand something else, you know, I have turned down six-figure jobs in the past because they said, well, you couldn't have your blog anymore. And there were more reasons than one why I turned it down. First of all, nobody's going to tell me what I can't do. There you go. But second of all, there wasn't anybody I could have take over my brand if I wanted to. Who would want to, right? Right. Well, they're not Amy West, so they couldn't right. be Amy West Travel. So I, I, my choices were pretty stark. It's, you know, accept this job that you can't do all the things that you were loving to do, but you can still operate in a capacity and get paid very well for it. Or have someone else do it, but that would require an entire rebrand. It just wouldn't have been possible. So there is an important decision to be made when it comes to scalability in the long term when you're naming your brand. So that's something to think about. Yeah, I kind of want to shift gears here a little bit now. When I'm kind of talking about this, I think it's a good segue into talking about if somebody's just getting started. Let's say that they have a startup company or they have a side hustle about to get going with. What do you recommend them to do? Like, let's just talk about naming and then Mm -hmm. social media, all that. Like, how how do they actually develop their brand? Yes. Um, When it comes to naming, you know, this goes back to when I worked for my mom. And she got a lot of advice on what to name her businesses. And there were several people that told her, name your business exactly what it is. And so she did body wraps. So she called it Body Wrap Masters. Okay, it I was like that. Very simple. I think we both like that because this is called creating a brand podcast. Yeah, exactly. So, so you exactly. Which, and so yeah. when I rebranded from my TV show, which was like Love Want Need, which was based on all the things you would like Love Want or Need, but it was essentially a travel show. I just straight up made it about my name and travel. So it became Amy West Travel. So people know exactly what they're getting when they get it. Yeah, there's no question at all, right? Yeah, but I also do like creative names and honestly in this day and age are there any creative names left i don't know i'm kind of a literal guy as you can tell when i came up creating a brand and bought creating a brand.com I'm like this was easy yeah but if you asked me to come up with something creative for it i don't know if i could have yeah it's challenging now all yeah. the dot coms have been bought up you know so so creating a brand identity can be really challenging but not to say if you name it something completely out there it won't be successful i was thinking about that the other day the um you see it at every gas station, the ads for the Jules, J-U-U-L. They're the they're the vape cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Like, where did you get that name Jewel? You know? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, where yeah. did they get it's kind of offbeat for yeah. a for a vape, like, but they're successful. So not saying if you name it something that's not a literal transition translation that it can't be successful, but I had always heard it's smarter if you can to name it exactly what it is. I, I absolutely agree, because it takes 
it conserves calories for people. They're not looking at being like, okay, what is this? Yeah. I got invited to an event yesterday and I read two paragraphs and had no idea what the company was or what I was going to be attending. And I, I finally just stopped. I got invited. I got free tickets. I'm like, I don't care because I don't know what this is. There's oh, nothing yeah, about nothing it. Nothing more frustrating, too, than that right. kind of confusion. Yeah. And yes, I always avoid, especially with brands that people try to avoid brand confusion. Another thing that I have to say about if someone's just starting up is consider consistency. Once you decide oh, what you're going to do, stick with it. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of business owners who jump around. They're like, let's try this, and then we'll try this, and then we'll try this. And all of a sudden, not only is their business confusing and no one can count on what they're getting when they sign up, but also that person becomes confusing to them. They don't know what they're going to come up with next. So I would tell people, whatever your goals are, be consistent with them. And I feel Mm -hmm. like my goals have always been the same. Travel and get paid for it. So that's important to me. I love that. Um, yeah. Travel, get paid for. It's very simple. All I, all I really want to do is travel. Um, but also, I've always been a brand builder. Right. I help my mom build her brand. I help people build their brands with the photography that I shot. I've helped people build their brands with the things that I've acted in, the commercials that I've done, and now with creating a brand. So if your goals are consistent, people understand what your business is about, but they understand what you, as you being the brand, is all about. Yeah. And I like earlier you talked about how you actually turned down some opportunities and Mm -hmm. it's because it took you further from your goal, right? Yes. I think that's really important. And so many people, especially uh, I find people that are our age and even younger, we want something now, right? And uh, so we're after it today. We want it now. So when opportunity shows itself, presents itself, we're quick to be like, yep, that's what I want to do now. But, uh, you know, you're talking about like actually sticking with something for a little bit. I think of an example of like, imagine trying to glue something to a wall. And you just kind of throw it at the wall and it falls right down, right? Right. Because the glue takes a minute to stick. If you hold it there for a few seconds, it's not coming off the wall anymore. And I think a lot of us, we don't even give our ideas that opportunity to actually stick. We just kind of throw it at something. If it doesn't doesn't stick, then we're just like, all right, I'm on to the next right. thing. Oh, that didn't work. Yep. yep. What, what's next? Let me try something else. Right. And I think that if we'd be willing to, to sit down and actually grind it out for a while and see what happens when we put some hard work into it, yeah. we'd actually get somewhere. The power of hustle. Right. You know, Angie, uh, who I also interviewed for creating a brand, Angie Orth, we were talking about this, the power of stick with itness. You know, wow. there's. Wow. That's, that's I haven't heard that it's word. It's a before. real thing, is Alex. It? Okay. I promise. Okay. Um, th- there's a power in that hustle, and it is true. A younger generation, not, not, I'm not even going to put it, the word millennial on it because we're millennials too, and I just think that, that label is silly. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think it's the youth thing. I yes, think it's it is. Just yeah. coming out of school, trying to figure out your way. Right. They haven't. Have you ever heard the term elbow grease? Right. Like mm-hmm. that's something you have to develop. Like someone cleaning. As you clean more, you develop that muscle of elbow grease. Like right. there's someone who has it and someone who doesn't. It's the same thing with hustle. Right. Like there's someone who just from years of having to dig in and stick with it, and you know be a big boy or girl and like stand up on your own two feet. There's something to say about that power of someone who understands how to do that. And the more and more you make the hard decisions and you stick with it, the more you build that muscle and the more likely you are to succeed. I still think that failing is an important part of success though. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I couldn't say any better. You know, actually I just posted in the creative brand community. I believe it was last night. It was a picture of success, and one line was, this is what everyone assumes. It's one arrow, but just going straight up. And that's what people, a lot of people think success is. But then uh-huh. another one was an arrow that goes in 100 different directions and ends up going up in the end. Huh. Just like a big squig, like a line, looks like someone just scribbled all over it. 
And so that's what success really looks like. And it's true. It's not a straight line. It's not just a clear path. It's going to take a lot of mistakes, a lot of trial and error. And that's the only way to get there. And there's beauty in mistakes and failure. And that's something I couldn't accept until recently Hmm. is, oh, that one didn't work out. Cool. I learned what not to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, I think back to um, John Maxwell. And he has more books written on the topic of failure than anything else. And he talks about if you're not failing, you're not going to succeed. And he's, he's, he's like, I'll fail every day if I have to, if it gets me closer to where I'm going. Yep. And it's true. I think a lot of us, we just don't want to. And I think a lot of times, again, kind of going back to our original idea here of we are the brand, we don't want to show people that we failed mm. or that we made a mistake. We right. want to show people, hey, I'm still driving this forward. I'm still growing. I'm still doing this because it's, it's way sexier, right? Right. Like you're like, man, this person just gets it. But going back to that vulnerability of showing somebody that, no, I, I made a big mistake. This wasn't right. This didn't work it proves that you're human because we're yeah. all making mistakes and I can't relate to you if you're perfect. Yeah, I have so much more respect for a person who says, I messed up than I do for a person mm-hmm. who's like, I am great all the time. Look how awesome I am. Then I want to follow that person because I want to see I want to see them succeed next. I want right. to watch them climb their mountaintops. It's the journey. It's a struggle, right? Right, yeah. I think you really said it all here. Like To, to wrap this whole episode up, it, it's a journey. And you are a brand yourself, and mm-hmm. you just are walking this this life, this journey, and doing your best to show people different pieces of it, not just the highlights, but all of it. Yeah. That's great. Amy, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. This was a great episode. Thanks, Alex. It's been fun. The only thing that cannot be duplicated is you. Original ideas are hard to find, but original people are everywhere. I love this. It's so true because each of us, we really are completely unique. We're the only one of our kind. We're the only ones that can do what we can do. And when we show people who we really are, that's when we can really impact and make a difference in the world. And we need to be doing that through our brands and through ourselves and connect the two together. Amy, thank you so much for sharing this wisdom and just being transparent with us today. I greatly appreciate it. And the audience does as well. If you're interested in learning more about Amy, you can go to amywesttravel.com. You can find everything she's involved in right there. have links to every project she's working on. Again, Amy, thank you for being here. And if you're interested in show notes from today's episode, you can go to creatingabrandpodcast.com. As always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Looking forward to being back with you next week.